What is up, what is up, and welcome back to another episode of Blood and Beer, the show where we talk blood sport and we drink beer. I'm your host, Matt, and as always, I got beer to drink and blood sport to talk. This past weekend was huge in the combat sports world. You know, we had Bellator 288, we had one on Prime, one 163, UFC Fight Night, which had some weird shit happening with that. Um, We also had BKFC and some boxing matches to go over as well. So um, we'll jump into that in just a moment. Goodness. First, let's introduce today's beer. We got the Hop Raider by Voodoo Ranger. It's part of a uh, rotating IPA series. I don't know. 8.1%. We're going to try this out, give her a score, and then we'll jump right into the blood sport. That's pretty good. Give her a 7.7. It's a little bitter, but nothing too serious. A little citrusy. I like that. So, yeah, 7.7 for the Voodoo Ranger Hop Raider. Looks Indiana Jones inspired. Oh, goodness. But we'll go ahead and kick things off with Bell Tour 288, Anderson versus Nemcob. Um, The first fight we're going to be going over, it was a fun one. It was Daniel James versus... uh, Tyrell Fortune, two heavyweights, big guys. Fortune, he's the number five ranked heavyweight in Bellator. Um, Daniel James, he used to fight in Bellator. He's making his comeback. He hadn't been there for a while. And things start off, they're both trading. They're going at it. It's pretty or pretty back and forth, pretty even. And then Fortune gets a takedown, takes James back, and almost has a rear naked choke locked in. And, I mean, he's really got it tight. James, though, 40 years old, dude's a vet. He's fighting the hands. He gets out of it, and then he reverses position and starts dropping bombs on Fortune. So he's dropping these bombs, and it looks like the fight's about to be stopped at the end of the first round, but the bell rings, so Fortune survives. They go back to their corners, come back out. Daniel James, you can tell he sees blood in the water. He's going after him throwing just bombs on him again and uh he catches him with a real nice uppercut catches fortune with it drops him and then he goes to the ground starts raining ground and pounds some of the shots looked like they were definitely to the back of the head but i'm not a ref i'm not a judge but eventually the ref has to step in because it's just too much daniel james gets the tko victory in round two and uh he's looking to fight for the title soon he says he says he don't care about his age he's coming for that belt. I'm telling you, these lungs just don't hold enough oxygen to talk as much as I'd like. But yeah, that was a super fun fight. And then following that up, we had the co-main event. It was Usman Nurmagomedov, cousin of Khabib Nurmagomedov. He took on Patricky Pitbull, and this was for the lightweight title. Um, they go out there, and it was really just a complete domination by Usman Nurmagomedov. Kickboxing, wrestling... You name it, he just had him beat everywhere. He was the more active fighter, more accurate, landing the stronger shots. And Patricky just looked like he couldn't figure the puzzle out. So we go five rounds, and it was a unanimous decision. Umar, or Usman Nurmagomedov, new lightweight champion in Bellator. So there's two uh, two lightweight champions coming out of Dagestan this year with Islam Makachev in UFC and then Usman Nurmagomedov in Bellator. 
And then in the main event fight, Anderson versus Nemkov. Corey Anderson took on Vadim Nemkov in a rematch of their Grand Prix title fight. Um, that fight was uh, ruled no contest due to an accidental headbutt. And it was really Corey Anderson dominating that first fight with his takedowns and ground and pound. This fight was a bit of a different story. You could tell Nemkov really worked on his takedown defense. He didn't get taken down one time the whole fight. And he really just worked around picking Anderson apart with his jab. He did some real nice work to the legs, low calf kicks. Really tore up Anderson's lead leg. And it really helped thwart the takedown threats. So... Anderson, he was dangerous the whole time. He tagged Nemkov quite a few times, but it just it was really Nemkov showing that he he improved. He's the new champion. He knows he knew that he needed to work on that takedown defense, and uh, he gets the unanimous decision, keeps his belt, and wins the Grand Prix one million dollar prize. So that's what we had for the Bellator card. Like I said, super super entertaining. Actually, I didn't say that, but it was pretty entertaining. The Anderson fight, the Daniel James fight, and the prelims leading up to it, they're all really fun if you want to go back and watch that. That was on Showtime. And then next we're going to be discussing BKFC, Bare Knuckle FC 33. Um, this was a super fun card. We got to see a lot of knockouts, one-punch knockouts. I mean, I say it every time we discuss it. I love BKFC. I love how they just trade. It's it's just fun. It's like street fighting, but sanctioned. I love it. And we'll just discuss the two main event and the co-main event. In the co-main event, we had Kevin Kroom taking on uh, Sean Wilson. And this fight was just straight up in the phone booth. They're swinging the whole time. All action. Um, Kevin Kroom starts to really hurt Sean Wilson, dropping him over and over again. And eventually he gets... Uh, in the second round, he gets the TKO just by hurting Sean Wilson too much. Too much pressure, too much power. And he says he's here to take over in BKFC. And then in the main event of that card, it was Houston Alexander, former UFC fighter, taking on Joey Beltran. I believe he used to be in the UFC as well, or world champion in other divisions, or other promotions, I'm sure. Um, and he's former BKFC heavyweight champion, but... Fight starts out, and Houston Alexander is just really working that jab, popping it, popping it. And then he starts working the body just to give Beltran something to think about. And um, you could tell at the end of the round, Alexander really had Beltran hurt. He was really just landing some solid shots, real accurate, picked his shots very well. Um, in the second round, Alexander starts really putting it on him. He lands a nice jab. And then he shoots in, starts just picking him apart, shot after shot, landing to the face of Beltron. And um, eventually, the ref has to stop him. TKO victory for Houston Alexander. And that makes him 3-0 and in BKFC. And he's saying that he wants to fight for the light heavyweight belt next. Um, you know, the belts don't mean as much yet in BKFC, but they're definitely getting some prestige, getting a lot of athletes coming over. People are gaining experience just by racking up the records there so we're gonna see some more entertaining fights and i think this this promotion is going to come a long way it's nothing like slap fighting or anything like that which don't get me wrong that's fun to watch every now and then when you're just bored shits and giggles but bkfc is just all action knockouts might not be 
a back and forth war every time. Sometimes it's a total beat down, but I mean DKFC, I love what they do there. <sighs> like I said, fucking marathon doing this show. All right. Now for my favorite card of the weekend. It was one championship on Prime Video. This card was fun as shit. Um, I'm only going to discuss about three of the fights on it, but the first one we'll be talking about is Cosmo Alexander versus Juan. Cer Let me get his last name right. Cervantes. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's a Muay Thai fight, welterweight. So these dudes are big guys fighting in four-ounce gloves, but Muay Thai. Um, Alexander comes out, and he really just shows what makes him special. He goes out there. They're they're just picking each other apart a little bit, feeling each other out round one. Round two, they uh, a lot of the same thing. They get into the clinch, and Alexander just throws an elbow that fucking absolutely crumples Cervantes. Um, so second round KO, walk-off KO. It was beautiful to see. Alexander, um, he said that this might be his last fight, probably will be. He's been in the game for a minute. Uh, not super well-known, but... If you follow the sport or follow former UFC athletes, he welcomed Sage Northcutt to the one championship after he left UFC, and he broke Sage Northcutt's entire fucking face with like one shot, just shattered multiple bones in his face. Dude's dangerous. Good for uh, everyone else that he's retiring, I suppose. And then, also on that card, we had my favorite Muay Thai fighter, one of my favorite fighters in any sport, regardless of what it is, Rod Tang. He took on a guy named Joseph Lasiri, defending his, uh, defending his Muay Thai title over there and won. And it was a complete domination by Rod Tang. He, he went out there, showed what made him special. He goes out there, he's really just walking him down the whole fucking fight. Lasiri's running away. Rod Tang would walk back to the center. Come on, come on, come fight me in the center. He'd walk towards him, they got four ounce gloves on, mind you, he's just letting Lasiri tee off on his head, he just gives him a little shake, let's go, goes back and starts beating the shit out of him again, I mean, he gets a unanimous decision, just stuck, like a predator stalking his prey, dude's a fucking animal, Rod Tang, Jitmung, I, forget, I don't know how to say his last name, but man, he is so much fucking fun to watch. And then in the main event of that card, we had Christian Lee versus Cameron Abasov. Um, Christian Lee, he is the lightweight champion over there coming into this fight, and he's moving up to 170. Now, Lee's only 24 years old. He's a four-time lightweight champion. He's the lightweight Grand Prix champion. And now he's moving up to welterweight to try to take Cameron Abasov's belt, which Abasov actually lost on the scale because he didn't make weight, but... Abasov is a fucking killer. Dude has the most knockouts in one championship. He's, I mean, he's just game. He's a fucking slugger. And they go out there. Round one starts off. They're feeling each other out. Lee's getting some good shots in. He gets a good takedown. They get to the stand-up. Towards the end of round one, Abasov starts just piecing Lee up. I mean, had him out on his feet, landing blow after blow. About had him knocked out cold. Can't believe Herb Dean didn't step in to stop it, but he didn't. Gave him a chance to stay alive. Christian Lee shoots the takedown, gets it. You can tell Abasov kind of emptied the tank 
teeing off on Lee, just using him as a punching bag. I mean, dude was fucking him up for a good minute of the first round. And then, but Lee manages to survive. He gets out of that. He got the takedown. Go to round two. Um, it's, a, it's a lot of back and forth. Abasov's still fighting back, but you can tell he's gassed. Christian Lee looks exhausted, heavy breathing. But Abasov starts putting his hands on his hips. Just He's tired too. And round three is a lot of the same. There's some takedowns mixed in there. But round four is where we really saw it. Um, Christian Lee starts ripping leg kicks. Just In Abasov, he was reacting. He was hurt bad. Ripping leg kicks. Starts catching him to the head, to the body, everywhere. Lee's just coming into his own. Gets the takedown. Goes straight into full mount. Starts dropping elbows. Not super hard ones, just... Fast, fast elbows. He gets the finish. Fourth round comeback TKO victory to become the double champ in one championship. Lightweight and welterweight at 24 years old. No matter what division, no matter what promotion, that's so impressive. I mean, this dude's one of the pound for pounds. It's just one does not get the recognition it deserves. It was it was an awesome card all around. I mean, just absolutely outstanding. And then that next morning, one had another card on for their fans over in Asia because they're like the Asian UFC. You know, they got the following UFC has over here in U.S. and a lot of other countries in Singapore and a lot of just Asia in general. They follow one because one has the talent they've got and it runs on their time zone. I need to catch my breath. Good fucking Lord. Um, <laughs> I shouldn't have said that. But, yes, um, they had the morning card. It was fun. You're not going to know a lot of the names on it unless you're a diehard. Um, I I had a lot of fun watching it. There were some fun knockouts. But my favorite thing about the card, um, there was a kickboxing heavyweight Grand Prix final, finale on it. And it was a brutal knockout. I'm, I can't remember the guy's names off the top of my head because I don't follow kickboxing enough. But... It was brutal. The whole card was fun. There's a lot of knockouts on that morning card as well. It started at like 6 a.m. for me. So, if and it's still on YouTube on the One Championship app as well. They just they really do a good job of promotion, of production, of getting the fights together. Everything I love what they do there. They definitely had the best events of the weekend. All right, and then taking a brief break from uh, recapping fights. Before we get into the UFC and other things, we'll go over some of the news that's going on uh, around the combat sports world, and then we'll jump into UFC and some boxing, things like that. But this, uh, this past week, Gervonta Tank Davis, he came to an agreement with Ryan Garcia. They have agreed to fight April of 2023 after years of talking about fighting calling each other out that'll be fun um i still don't think they're the top guys there but i think it's at a catch weight of 136 so that'll be a super fun fight because neither of them have been super tested tank has a little bit but both these guys are phenoms it'll be a fun fun fight this is what boxing needs people at the top fighting each other and then other fights announced 
We had Fedor Emelianenko. He's fighting Ryan Bader for the heavyweight championship in Bellator 290. That's going to be February 4th. And unlike most Bellator cards, this one's actually going to be available on CBS Live. So the channel CBS, but it'll be live. It's going to be super fun. Um, his retirement fight and, you know, Bader, he knocked out, I believe he knocked out Fedor in their last fight. So Fedor is trying to get this back, retire on top as the Bellator heavyweight champion. And on that same card, Scott Coker, um, the president of Bellator, he announced that Vadim Nemkov, who just defeated Corey Anderson, he's going to be fighting Yoel Romero, former UFC title challenger and absolute freak of nature. That'll be a fun fight as well if the right Romero shows up. And then finally, uh, we had PFL. They announced the pay-per-view price of their card. You know, PFL Championships, their season is super fun. I love what they do over there. Their pay-per-view is going to be $49.99. $49.99, come on. Second, I mean, UFC is number one. In my mind, Bellator and one championship are 1B. Maybe two. But, I mean, for a second-tier organization, forty nine ninety nine. They just don't have the names to do it. They just, they don't have the names to do it. 50 bucks for a night of PFL and none of the fights I would, I'm dying to see. I mean, I want to see all of them, but forty nine ninety nine. So, it's a little ridiculous, if you ask me. All right. And then jumping into UFC Fight Night. That's what we'll uh, finish things up with. Got got one boxing match I want to talk about. The UFC Fight Night. Hell of a card. Um, we had the main event canceled halfway through the prelims or towards the end of the prelims. Uh, Derek Lewis came down with an illness. So uh, him versus Survey Spivak got scrapped. Kennedy and Zechwa. Zechwa versus Jan Kutalaba. They got moved into the main event. Still a three-rounder. We'll get into that in a second, though. We kicked things off with a super awesome knockout by Natalia Silva. Just brutal spinning heel kick straight to the face of uh, Teresa Bleda. And it happened as Bleda was shooting a takedown. So she's lunging in, gets fucking heel straight to the jaw, puts her out. She's kind of held on to the takedown, but it looked more like instinct because when the ref waved it off, Blade is on her back, just not really moving. It was, goodness gracious, it was an awesome fight. And then we had uh, Brady Highstand. He defeated Fernie Garcia via unanimous decision. Uh, Vanessa Demopoulos, also unanimous decision. Ricky Tercios took on Kevin Natavi Dodd in a, it was a super fun, action-packed fight. A lot of scrambling, a lot of striking. Uh, Tercios, he ate a lot of flying knees, it seemed like, in that third round. But he ended up getting the win by split decision. It was it was a fun fight to, uh, to have on the prelims there. And then the, uh, the other fights that we had, Miles Johns, he took on Vincent Morales, and it was really just not a fun fight, not a lot going on. But Miles er, Johns comes away with the unanimous decision. Jennifer Maya versus Marina Moroz. Moroz recently signed. She got a groundbreaking deal with Playboy. So that's the big thing on her. Ukrainian fighter. And she's been undefeated since moving up to a 125. 
But she dropped this fight to Jennifer Maya, former title challenger by unanimous decision. And then one fight, I don't like to scream robbery. I don't like to be the guy that says the judges got it wrong. But my God, Zuma Gulov versus Charles Johnson. Both guys throwing heavy shots in round one. Johnson was bringing a lot of head kicks, but Zuma Gulov was just moving forward, landing so many more shots. Leg kicks, just body. He he outstruck him two to one in every single category, and he did a lot of damage too. Really fucked up Charles Johnson's leg. Round two and three, it was all the same. Zuma Gulov pressuring, Zuma Gulov doing more damage. Charles Johnson might have had some cleaner shots, but not near as many. And I don't think they did as much damage. Somehow, Zuma Gulov lost by a uh, split decision. But that, that's that got to be... It's worse than the Piotr Jan-Sean O'Malley card. Because I could see how you score at Sean O'Malley with that first round. Um, it's just... This was on, honestly an awful, awful example of judging. I don't like to be that guy, but goddamn, Zuma Gulov deserved that win. They gave it to Charles Johnson by a split decision. Some major bullshit. Moving on from that, though. Moving on from that, because that had me upset. We had a um, super fun fighter to watch. Jack Della Maddalena from Australia. He took on Danny Roberts, and he made it look easy. He goes out there, gets the stoppage in like three and a half minutes. Um, just picks him apart with his boxing, body shots, head shots, throws some kicks in there, mixing it up a little bit, but really his boxing is what's so crisp. And he gets the first round knockout, 3-0 in the UFC, three knockouts now, three TKs, whatever you want to call them. Dude's a dog. He's a He's been a super heavy favorite in every fight, including his Dana White contender series, but he's just... Super fun to watch, Jack De La Maddalena. And then following that up, we had Andre Fialho versus um, Muslim Salikov. This was a super fun fight. Salikov, the king of kung fu. Andre Fialho, he's been the most active fighter in the UFC this year. This was his fifth fight this year. And um, they go out there, they're swinging. You can tell Salikov's really catching Fialho, though. Fialho's downloading information. He's catching him back. He's starting to work. Um, but in round three, Salikov really is putting it on him, throwing body shots, throwing headshots, leg. I mean, just working it everywhere. He ends up landing a really nasty spinning back kick straight to the head of Fialho. And Fialho looked stays for a second, covers his guard back up. But Salikov jumps on him with a combination. Ref stops in, stops the fight, third round TKO. Honestly, Andre Fialho is just one of those guys that's too tough for his own good because he wouldn't have gone out and he probably should have because Salikov was just he was on point and not to say that uh not to say my guy Andre Fialho didn't look great that fight it's just Salikov's a beast he's got great striking all right and then in the co-main we had a uh, Waldo Cortez Acosta, former baseball player, he defeats Chase Sherman by unanimous decision. Um, you know, Chase Sherman's got a fucking iron chin, eating some heavy shots from Acosta uh, or, or Cortez Acosta. But, um, you know, heavy chin doesn't win you a fight unless you get that knockout. 
And then in the main event, because uh, Lewis and Spivak got canceled, we had Kennedy and Chekwa. And I don't know. I, I can't pronounce his last name, but he's one of my favorite to watch lately. Really, the past like two years, dude's been a beast. He's fun to watch ever since his knockout of Carlos Olberg. He took on Jan Kutalaba, absolute maniac. Dude's super high-paced. Um, just He's crazy out there. He don't give a fuck. But he comes out, and he gets a takedown pretty early. And um, he kind of rides out in Chekwa for most of the round. And Chekwa stands up, and then Kutalaba gets a takedown. Kind of has him in like a bulldog position, bulldog choke almost. But um, yeah, round ends. Not a ton of damage done by uh, Kutalaba. Round two starts, and somehow without much striking in Chekwa, he's got Kennedy has the timing. He's just he's catching Kudalaba with everything. And Kudalaba starts shooting takedowns. Every time that Kudalaba would step in or Kennedy would check in, step in, he would just lift his knee fucking straight to Kudalaba's face, really rocking him every time. His jab was working. He was putting nice combos together. Um, he he hits him with another nice jab or another nice knee and then just starts following up with one two one two. Gets Kudalaba on the fence. Kudalaba is just dropping with multiple shots. And Chekwa is just throwing, throwing, throwing. Kudalaba looks like he's kind of gathering himself, standing back up. One more shot. Crumples him. Ref steps in, stops it. TKO for the six foot five light heavyweight. Dude's a monster as far as size goes and striking. Monster for the light heavyweight division. He's got an 83 inch reach. I mean,. A lot of reach there for Nchekwa. He's he's a dude to look out for. He's not quite there yet, but if you watch him from the beginning of his UFC days to now, it's night and day. I mean, his knockout of Carlos Olberg, he was just really just a... He seemed scared like a counterpuncher just waiting to pick his moment, and he gets the knockout, but, I mean, this dude is someone to look out for. He's Sometimes the most dangerous people are the ones that learn on the job, and that's what he's been doing. All right, and then we're going to wrap things up with boxing. We had Greg Hardy, former UFC fighter, former NFL player. He had his second boxing match, and he took on Haseem Haseem Rahman Jr. Um, Rahman was supposed to fight Jake Paul earlier this year, but Paul pulled out. I don't know if it was scared or he just wouldn't throw the fight for him. I don't know what was going on there, but... Hardy gets a knockdown in round three of the fight. He came in 100 pounds more than Rahman Jr., though, so, I mean, he should get the knockdowns. But Hardy ends up getting his second uh, pro boxing victory, and it's unanimous decision, 39-36, so it's only a four-round fight. But 39-36, and he was a last-second replacement for Vitor Belfort. So that's saying something, but 100 pounds over the guy, I mean... You'd expect a knockout just by the weight advantage alone, but you know size ain't everything in, in sports. But in boxing, it's a lot. You can really bully a guy if you know what you're doing. All right, but that's all all I have for you today. I appreciate you tuning in. My name's Matt with Blood and Beer. If you like the video, leave a like, uh, comment, subscribe. If you're on Spotify, Apple, anything else, you know, give me a follow, download the episode, whatever. And uh, if you're on YouTube or Facebook um, and you got beers to 
recommend beers for me to try out, leave it in the comment section. Let me know your thoughts on the fights this weekend. I appreciate you tuning in. Peace.